Hey, um, I'm really excited to be here. If you don't know me, uh, my name is Jason Tucker. Um, Stephen and I have been friends for a long time. So uh, I want to welcome everybody that's here uh, in this location. I'm glad you're here and I'm glad we get to spend some time together. But I want to look into the camera and welcome everybody at home too, because I know there are people right now that are watching church online and you're participating in the way that you can. And, and we just want you to know we're glad that you're part of this house. We're glad that you're part of this family because. Man, in these crazy times that we're living in in the world today, don't we need a church family to really uh, bring us together and keep us focused and moving forward in the right direction? Amen? Uh, so I'm so glad that you're all here today. They handed me this uh, to start. Um, Stephen and I have known each other for a long time. We've actually, actually served a ministry together probably over a decade. And, and I'm going to brag on your pastor and tell you something that you already know. He's incredible. He's incredible in a lot of ways. I love his passion for Jesus. I love the fact that he is always kingdom-minded and after seeing the kingdom of God advance. And, you know, um, I, I, you know I, I don't know if you can tell this or not, but I, I might be a little older than Stephen, not much. But when they handed me his stuff, I, I kind of got a, a little revelation here today. I, they, they said, here's what Stephen normally walks out with, and it included a Bible and a small stand, and, <laughs> and I'm walking out here with my giant iPad because I can't see anymore, anybody. Like, I used to have an iPad mini to preach with, but now I have the jumbo-sized iPad because my eyes don't work. So that's another great thing about your pastor. He's, he's young. He still has color in his hair. So, Stephen, I know you're watching right now, and this is my opportunity right now to tell all these people the deepest, darkest secrets of you. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. All right. Hey, um, I, with the time that we have today, I just want to say, you know, I'm honored to be here. I'm honored to be invited to be a part of what's going on at this church, obviously. I, I pulled in the parking lot this morning, and I was overwhelmed. I don't, know, I don't know about you, how you feel about this building and this facility, but I was completely overwhelmed at the potential of what's here. Uh, I took a tour around the building. I, I looked around, and I hear about the campaign you guys are doing right now. And, you know, I, I think about the momentum in the church these days. I think about the fact that the church has never been pressed against harder in my lifetime than I'm seeing it pressed against today. Never been pressed against harder. But I, I love the idea that when I pulled into this parking lot this morning, Stephen and I, Stephen and I have had several conversations but one of the things that was on my heart this morning was the kingdom of God is advancing, amen? The kingdom of God is advancing against turmoil, against trouble, against issues, against persecution, against disease. The kingdom wasn't designed to stop in the midst of all these things. The kingdom was designed to advance. And I want to say, Redemption Church, you should be proud of what God is doing here in this place. Because he's not doing it as a result of this place. He's doing it as a result of you people. I want to say that again because that's really what I want to touch on today, what I believe God put on my heart to share with you today. This place is incredible. When I pulled in, the potential is endless here. This community, this facility. But God is building something here that's going to outlast your life. God is building something here that's going to echo into eternity. 
And today, I want to take you on a journey, which I hope God speaks to your heart and helps you really see your place in this body, your place, your fit, your unique contribution to what God is doing here. Do me a favor as we get started today. I just ask you to close your eyes for a second. If you feel comfortable, I just ask you to open your hands to heaven right now. Let's pray. God, Holy Spirit, please today, not a single word that I have to say, but only what you have to say to our hearts today. We ask you, Holy Spirit, today to move our hearts, to empower us, to strengthen us, to give us vision, hope, peace. Even in the midst of uncertainty, because we know that we are part of something incredible today. We are church. We ask right now that you help us receive this message today in Jesus' name. Amen. You know... At the beginning of this idea of church, you know, when I when I look back in Scripture and when I think about what my experience has been with church my whole life, I think about facilities and you know, obviously, I grew up in a in a small country church, and I remember when my dad and I started that church. I was 18 years old and. He was an elder at another church, and they asked us to come and. to, to basically take this church that has, had kind of been in a bad spot. And um, their pastor actually had passed away. And my dad's pastor at the time said, hey, I want you to think about being the pastor of this church. I was 18 years old, just kind of doing my own thing. Really wasn't interested in being a part of church. <laughs> if I'm being honest, I was there because you know, my dad wanted me to be there. And so he handed me an acoustic guitar, and he said, hey, learn how to play this, because we're going to need a worship leader. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I picked up an acoustic guitar, and I learned three chords, and I bought a capo, because that's how you play every song, at least for me, who's not you know, potentially a skilled musician. And So that's what we did. And I remember that church today, like, just like it was, you know, Right a week ago, I remember walking into that place. I remember the pews and the red carpet. And I remember thinking, man, this is, um, we got to make some renovations. We got to change some things, you know, to really, to make this uh, a great place. And one of the things God taught us through that process, uh, we had 16 people that were at that church when we started it. And we opened our doors on that first week, very first weekend. We were so excited. We were like, man, this is going to be amazing. Let's open these doors. It's going to be incredible. And that first weekend, we had eight people, everybody. So we went from 16 people, somehow, to eight people. Yeah, way to go. And I remember, you know, okay, all right, this is it. We're going we're to build here. This is what we're going to do. And those eight people, obviously, uh, you know, eventually turned into to more people. And then, obviously, you know, 500 people and you know, people start showing up and, and, and it's excitement and, you know, and we end up building, you know, we had a building we build and, you know, that church is still there thriving today. And I think back on that, on that season in my life and I think, God, what was, what was the thing about that experience that I need to take away as part of the kingdom of God, but also as a church planner myself? 
Because I don't know if you know this or not, but I, I went and planted a church in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Come on, do I have any Michigan fans in the room? Okay. Yeah. Well, I hate to break this to you, but I'm not a Michigan fan. <clears throat> I graduated from the Ohio State University. So tell me God does not have a sense of humor, right? Because this was the call that I felt on my life. I had this passion to say, okay, God, if I'm part of this, if we're all part of this journey, what does this look like for me? How do I do this? Where do I go? What do I do? And for me, I, I lived in Toledo. I served with Stephen, um, you know, pastoring at a church together. And God basically told me to go to Nineveh. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. All you Michigan fans, don't take that. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I have grown to love Ann Arbor and the surrounding areas like I can't even tell you. And that's the interesting thing is when you go there, God has, has broken my heart for that city. And not just that city, but now Jackson, and Michigan, and uh, Chelsea, Michigan, and, and, and other cities that we're really working on trying to plant churches in. And I think the key, at least for me, as I've been trying to focus through this COVID time, through this crazy time in the world that we find ourselves in today, I think the key to all of this is simply this idea. We are church. We are church. Because, you know, there, there are a lot of things when I look back at my life, my history, my experience with being a part of the church, buildings and, and how to grow in and all these different things, people coming to faith in Christ. I have to go back in scripture and remember that it all started with a question. The church, the idea of what we're doing today, it started with one question. And it was a question that Jesus asked some people that he was hanging out with one day. And that question was this. In Matthew 16, he said, who do you say I am? What does that have to do with church? Well, what we're going to find out is it had everything to do with church. Jesus asked, who do you say that I am? The one in the bunch that had, had the answers and wanted to speak up. Simon Peter, he said this, he answered, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. You're the Messiah, you're the one. And Jesus said, watch this, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood. It's not a formula, it's not a plan, it's not a great strategy. It's supernatural. It's something that happens in your heart and mind when we answer this question. It wasn't by flesh and blood that you figured this out. It was by the Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. He changed his name, which God has a habit of doing, right? When we come to the realization of what God really wants for our lives, when we come to the realization of the purpose God has for us, God says, I'm ready to write a new story with your life. Are you ready? Are you ready? He gives them a new name, and then he says these words. And for us, as the church today, now thousands of years later, these words should echo in our hearts. Because this is church. This is the essence of church. He said, on this rock, on this rock, on this truth, who we say he is, he said, I will build my church. And even hell itself will not prevail against it. I want you to think about those words for a second. 
Because today, I, I just, I think sometimes, especially in the craziness that's going on in the world around us, sometimes we have to rethink church. We have to rethink it. We got to reframe it. We got to, we got to start to get a different perspective on it. We, we have to refresh our memory and, and even our motives as to what church is all about. Because again, when I say things like I'm going to church, hey, where are you going on Sunday morning? I'm going to church. That falls into the same category as I'm going to the movies. That falls in the same category as I'm going to the grocery store. I'm headed somewhere. I'm going to church. Now, I want you to think about this. If you put me in the cockpit of an airplane, that does not make me a pilot, everybody. That's not Photoshop, in case you're wondering. That's real. Looks real, doesn't it? My hair actually still had color in that picture. <laughs> you put me in the cockpit of a plane, that does not make me a pilot. I can want to be a pilot. I can think I'm a pilot. I can call myself a pilot, but the truth is I can't fly that plane. Same, same, in the same regard, you, you put me in a white coat, I'm not a doctor either. That's a big head on that guy, isn't it? It's a big head, like a 50-pound head. You put me in a white coat, give me a stethoscope, I'm not a doctor. I, I mean, again, I'd love to play one, but it doesn't make me a doctor. So again, going to church, this idea, going to church, has really become a prevalent idea in our westernized modern society today. Where are you going? Going to church. Going to church. But I think what Jesus was getting at is, is an idea that I hope today that we catch, that we grab a hold of, that we walk out of these doors today and we're different. Because we all need a refresher on this. We need to be strengthened in this. We need to be encouraged in this. Peter, the guy who had that dialogue with Jesus, the first leader, really, one of the first leaders in the church, particularly in Jerusalem, the conversation Jesus had with him, it started with one question, and it's no different for you today. It starts with one question. Who do you say I am? And when you and I answer that question correctly, he says, all right, let's go. We got a mission. We are church. On this rock, on this truth, I'm going to build something that even hell itself, even COVID, come on, somebody, even COVID, even reports, even news stations, hell itself, bring it on. It will not prevail. Now, listen, it will prevail against the wrong perspective of church. Let me be clear. Hell will prevail against the wrong perspective of church. Because that's not the church Jesus was building. The church Jesus was building, hell has no chance. Hell doesn't even know what it's in for. Because that church is people who are walking around with that question answered, and I've got a new name, a new identity, and a new approach. I see things different. Here's Peter's words. He said this after that revelation, that conversation with Jesus. He says, as you come to him, as you answer that question for yourself, and I do too, you're like a living stone. You're like a rock that's alive. 
You're a living stone rejected by humans. People are not going to understand why you're doing this. People are going to look at your life and they're going to say, man, you're showing up at seven o'clock to come set up a church? What's wrong with you? You're showing up to paint walls in a hallway? Like, I'm, I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm busy. That's the way the world talks today. That's essentially our, our language. How you doing? Busy. What's going on? Busy. I'm, I'm guilty, everybody. So let me make sure you understand. The first point, person I'm pointing the finger at first and foremost is right here. Busy. Got stuff to do. But Peter understood. He said, listen, it, it, you're going to be rejected by human beings. It's, it's, it goes against human thinking, regular thinking. But you're chosen by God, and you're precious to him. God has a unique purpose for your life. And you also, like living stones, you're being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Jason, what does that mean to me? I think the first thing, really, I'll give you two things today. Really important. Church is gathering, not going. It's gathering. It's community. It's about this group of people and what God has called you uniquely to do right here in this geographic region and what he's called you to do around the world as he increases your vision and your hope for what the future looks like. Your, your impact and, and what you can actually see, that the difference that he wants to make through your life and somebody else's life. And I think sometimes we can get this twisted. Uh, it, there's this distinct dis difference between a destination and the devotion that is church. The destination, I'm going to church, and the devotion that was what Jesus asked his, his disciples that day and how Peter answered. There was devotion. It wasn't a destination because he sent us to the world. He gave us a big vision. He gave us a, a big idea. But he said, it's about gathering together. It's about the togetherness of this. It's about each individual person answering that question for themselves and then finding a place to be devoted. I'm in. Let's lock arms. Let's do it. Let's go. Here we go. We're locking arms. We're doing this. I think sometimes we, we, we miss this too. It's, it, you know, the experience versus the engagement. The experience is great. There's nothing wrong with the experience. The experience is part of it. We want to experience the presence of God. That's, we experience the presence of God when we come to worship together. We experience the presence of God when we gather in small groups. The experience is important, but engagement, engagement is everything. Because after Jesus asked Peter that question, he gave him a new name. And he said, now it's time to walk this out. It's time to, to move in this direction. It's time to move forward with your life. And Peter said, we're all like stones being built together. All of us, we have a place in this. The Bible calls church, essentially, the word used for church, ecclesia, in the original text. And it's an assembly, a gathering of people. And we can overcomplicate this sometimes if we're not careful. Matthew 18, Jesus said, 
These are written in red in your Bible for where two or three of you gather in my name, I'm there. Yeah, but don't we have to like have it? We got to have it all together. No, 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 <laughs> you don't. Two or three, you need to show up and say, I'm in. When you're painting a, a hallway, Jesus said, when two or three of you are gathered there, I'm there. I'm with you. We're doing this together. When we're laying floor, when we're, when we're dreaming about the people that are going to walk through these doors in the future and that are going to experience and encounter Jesus, but then they're going to move from just an encounter and an experience to an engagement, to a devotion. That's the church Jesus envisioned. That's the church he wants us to be today. Going to church is a practice. Gathering is way more personal. It's family. It's together. It's locking arms, and it's deciding that every single person in this place, you play a part. You might not understand what that part is today, but you play a part. And I promise you, if you come to your leaders in this church and you say, I just want to know what part I play, they'll find you a part. They'll help you find the part that you're designed to play. Anybody in here remember Transformers, or not Transformers, Voltron from back in the day? Remember Voltron? Anybody? Holy smokes. Is everybody in here like under 20? <laughs> Does anyone remember Voltron? Voltron. Okay, you with me now? Okay. Jason, are we really talking about Voltron in church? Yes, because Voltron was awesome. Here's why Voltron's awesome. If you watched the Voltron cartoons back in the day, which I did all the time, here's what you knew about the cartoon. It was the same episode every time. The same episode, like on repeat. They would just change it up. But let me give you every Voltron episode for like 10 seasons if you're under 20 and you have no idea what Voltron is, this is where you can maybe, you know, say, I don't know what's going on, texting somebody who's sitting over here. What's he talking about? It's okay. It's all right. Ten seasons in Voltron, here, here it was. There were five lions that all had people in them. And when they tried to tackle things or do things on their own, they always got their rear ends kicked. But when they got together, when they, when they realized, okay, we are so much better, we're so much stronger when we're together, that's how every episode ended. It ended with these words, form, feet, and legs. Come on, somebody help me out. You, come on. What's next? Form, arms, and torso. You're like, does he really remember this? And I'll form, this was the guy speaking in the black lion, I'll form the head. Mask came down. It usually was like, sword came out. And you knew Voltron was about to kick some rear end. Every episode. Every episode. You know, it's an incredible picture of the church. It really is. And this is why we need church. This is why Jesus knew that. And he knew it needed to be really simple because he knew like these lions in Voltron, we'd have a tendency to stray. That we'd have a tendency to think, I got my lion, I got my life situated. I've made some good decisions. I've, I've set myself up good. And then we go out to tackle life on our own. And we get into trouble. 
got, I got news for everybody in here. Trouble's going to find you at some point in life. You can, you can build big walls around your life, build big bank accounts, build successful businesses. At some point or another, you will be laying in a hospital bed. And all that's going to matter in your life is who's standing around that hospital bed on that day. I've seen it many times in my journey as a pastor over the last 20 years of my life. The only thing that's going to matter in the end is who's standing around that hospital bed, who the other lions were in your life that you were running with, that you were connected to. This is how God designed his church. It's about gathering. It's about we need to be part of each other. We're uniquely fit together. Last thing, I'll just leave you with this idea. Church is devotion, not dysfunction. Well, of course, Jason, you know, dysfunction, who wants dysfunction? No, I say this because I think right now this is a big challenge for the church, the church, capital C church in general, especially in an election year. Because there's so much tension in the world today, and the world has never been more divided, at least in my lifetime, than I see it today. But there's never been more potential for the church to be the church that Jesus asked them to be right in the middle of all this dysfunction. Because the church is about devotion, not dysfunction. What do you mean by that, Jason? Well, the church uh, that Jesus was talking about, the church was known by what they were for, not what they were against. I can't speak for you, but when I get on social media sometimes, <coughs> I see a lot of people talking about what they're against in the world today. Guilty. I see a lot of people posting things about what they're against, a lot of people standing for things that they're against, against, against. But the church Jesus envisioned it wasn't about what they were against. It was about what they were for, what they were for. What they were for was what made them strong. Because I don't think we get any better picture than in the church, Acts, uh, in the book of Acts, Acts 2, the first church, it says these exact words, they devoted themselves. They were for these things. These were the things they devoted themselves to. They were for these things. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking bread, and to prayer, those four things. They devoted themselves to these four things. Jesus wasn't trying to make this complicated. This was, these were the people that really got it, and it was moving forward. They said, I'm in. It's about devotion, what I'm for, not dysfunction. So I'm for these things. I'm, I'm for learning through teaching. I'm through hanging out with people through fellowship. I'm, I'm, I'm for breaking bread together and, and having real and vibrant relationships with people. And I'm for talking to God on a regular basis because I need to be communicating with God, with other people, and having a relationship, personal relationship with God. And it goes on to say, because they devoted themselves to these things, not because of all the things they stood against, for all the things they stood for, because they devoted themselves to these things. Watch what happened. All the believers were together. Everybody that believed, they're like, yeah, I believe. I'm, I'm in. Let's do it. They were all together, and they had everything in common. Are you kidding me? They had everything in common. Does that mean they didn't, that, that they agreed on everything? No. Does that mean they saw the world the same way through politics and, 
and issues in the world? No. It means they were unified and devoted to the important things, first and foremost. And they let that be their guide in life. They had unity around that. We're devoted to these things. We're for these things. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had a need. Generosity bloomed within that group of people. Generosity starts to bloom. Things start to happen. Every single day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They weren't too busy. They were in. They were like, yes, this is it. They had community. They broke bread together in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They were happy to spend time together. They were happy to hang out together. They enjoyed each other's company. Hospitality existed there. Praising God every single day and enjoying the favor of all the people. They gave God the glory for everything. People would, I'm sure, get around and say, how do you guys have this kind of, man, you're just together like you love each other. Like you don't all agree. How do you do that? Because we're devoted to the right things. We don't, we don't, those other things, that's secondary stuff. I mean, I don't have to agree with you on, on everything. We just have to agree on the main thing. That's what Jesus said. hospitality, gratitude. They had grateful hearts. And look what happened as a result of all that. The Lord added to their numbers daily because they just lived their life. They were, doing that. they were doing church the way Jesus designed, and the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. People coming and going, I, I want in. I, I need purpose in my life. I need peace in my life. I need to settle my yesterdays. You know, I got all this guilt hanging out. <laughs> From all the choices that I made, I'm ready to move beyond that. I got, I got these struggles in my life. I got these addictions, these things. And somehow, you guys are all open, this, this, this gathering of people, you're all open to receiving me, loving me, caring for me, letting me be a part of this community. And I'm in. That's what was happening. I see it in this church. I see it in the baptisms. I see it in the people's lives. When I walked in this morning, the gentleman washing the windows on the front of the church at 7.30 in the morning. The people in here setting up and making church happen on the weekend who are <laughs> making all this come alive so that there's a, there's a service here today. The people in the classrooms hanging out and inspiring, speaking life into the kids. Listen, hug a kid's worker, everybody. Hug them. They're speaking into your future. They're speaking into the future of this country. They're speaking into the future of the church. Hug them, love them, tell them they're champions because that's what they're doing in there with your kids right now. They're speaking life into their life. But let me be clear. This was the result when they did this right. Unity, generosity, community, hospitality, gratitude, and people coming to Jesus. Does anybody want that? I'll take it. Yeah. I want that. I want that. Now, let's be clear as we wrap this message up today. How do I get it? How do I get it? They devoted themselves to these things. These things are what they devoted themselves to. And because they weren't built on dysfunction, they were built on devotion. They devoted themselves to these, and these are what happened as a result of that devotion. It's that simple. 
So if I devote myself to these things, this will be the result. This is the outcome. I want it. I just don't know how to get it. I'm going to give it to you in one question. (laughs) One question today to wrap up. And remember these words. We are church. Because I think for people today, the the question that this message, when we study the word of God and it, it comes alive for us and it it plants itself in our heart. We're really left with one question. And that, and that question probably um, in, in a lot of people's minds this morning is this. Is this the church I go to? Is this the church I go to? Do I go to this church right now? Like, is that the one I'm gathering in? Is that the one I'm, I, I'm, I'm devoting myself to teaching and all that stuff? Do I go to this church right now? But I want to help you today with this one idea. It's not about it being the church that you go to because that's not really the question. The question that we have to ask ourselves today, is this the church I am? Is this the church I am? When I wake up in the morning, do I, am I devoted to those things? Am I devoted to teaching and fellowship and community and hospitality and seeing people come to faith in Christ? Am I devoted to those things? Is this the church I am? You can answer that question simply today by, by just asking yourself this question. What are you devoted to? What are you devoted to? What's your life built on? That's how we answer this question. That's how we reconcile this idea of what church is. And I promise you this. This is a question God is leading each and every one of us to in life. Because he has a purpose for you. He has a plan to see the world come to know the hope that we have in Jesus. And you're a part of it because we are church. Put those thoughts in your mind right now. Will you bow your heads with me today? As we wrap up today's service, God, these words, this, this truth in scripture, it's challenging because there's so many things in life that are seeking to take our attention away from the basic foundation of what you called the church to be. Admittedly, God, I make it too complicated sometimes. Admittedly, God, I, I, sometimes I just end up going through the motions. But Father, today what I'm asking for every single person in this place is that right now we would all answer that question inside of ourselves. Who do you say I am? And then if we are counted as a believer, that we would understand that we are part of something extraordinary. We're part of something that you thought up a long time ago and that you've been using now for thousands of years 
to share hope and love and joy with the world around us. Unity, generosity, community. We all want those things. We need your help right now, Holy Spirit. Move us in the direction today. Move our hearts in the direction of what you want for us, the purpose that you have for our lives. We ask you to forgive us of times that we've been complacent or times that we haven't taken this calling and the approach to, and the devotion to this um, seriously. Sometimes life just has taken it out of us. Sometimes the news takes it out of us. Sometimes just life and, and general living every single day, it takes it out of us. But today, our prayer is that you would again create in us clean hearts today. Forgive us. Renew a right spirit inside of our hearts today, a devotion, a dedication to the right things. A focus on this community gathering together with people that love us dearly and want good things for our lives. Move us to action today, Jesus, we pray. With heads bowed and eyes closed in this moment, if you're here today and you haven't begun a relationship with Jesus, I want to tell you it's the best decision you can make with your life. And I say that... (laughs) Because I know for myself, I know where my life was headed. I know where my future was headed. I know where my hope and my peace and my joy was headed. It was headed to turbulent waters. And life is full of that. But I want you to know today, there's hope. There's purpose. There's peace. And there's a family of people that are ready to walk through life with you every single day. But it all begins with you answering this question. Who do you say Jesus is? If you're ready today to receive Jesus, if that's something that right now you just feel the Holy Spirit moving on your heart, you're not even sure what that, what that is or what that means. Maybe just in this moment you walked in and you're thinking, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'm moved to want to see God's purposes fulfilled in my life. But I don't know what to do. I'm going to tell you it starts right here. One decision changes everything in your life. It's the foundation. If that's you, right there where you're at, you don't have to say it out loud. You just, right there where you are, it's a conversation between you and God in your heart. I'll lead you in it right now. You just say this, Jesus, I need you. I'm sorry for chasing after things which don't deliver in the end. But I believe what you did on the cross for me. You gave your life. You laid your life down for my sin. You paid a debt that you didn't incur. You paid my debt. I don't fully understand that today, but I receive it. Help me in the days to come to get to know more about that, to understand that more. I give you my heart today, my life today. Help me, God, 
I won't do everything right in life. But from this day forward, I'll do everything I can to trust you, to walk with you, to be part of this movement, part of this church. In Jesus' name, I pray. Everybody said, amen. Amen, church.
Thank you so much for joining us today. If you'd like to take a next step with Redemption Church, visit us online at experienceredemption.com slash connect card. You can also give online to support the work of Redemption Church. To explore your giving options, visit experienceredemption.com slash give online. We hope that the message you heard today encouraged you. See you again soon.